0: the warner brothers podcast my name is keenan of course joined by my brother kyle of course joined by friend of the show timmy fresh haircut Mm -hmm. himothy gray in the building how are you guys doing
1: pretty good doing all right doing all right could be could be better coming off of football sunday i'm still still not the happiest about last night's game but i'm all right
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy so Timmy, I know you're not a, uh, you're, you're happy. I mean, you're coming off of one of the biggest comebacks in franchise history or tied for the biggest, but I mean, you, you guys also had to do that against the Arizona Cardinals. So it's literally glass half full or empty, but, um, I know we kind of have a little format that we're going to do, but I honestly, I got to talk about this Patriots game a little bit before we do such a thing. Um, Kyle, so what are your thoughts when, uh, you can go through the game, but you get the flip to Cole Strange.
1: I thought it was a heads-up play. Almost
0: gets the first, but it was very much heads I was up. like, oh,
1: shit. Like, I, you know, he makes that turn, and you're like, okay, he's not going to have enough steam to get to the first down. But then you see him starting to, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit. Is he really going to? And then he pitches the ball to an open offensive lineman, Cole Strange. And, you know, it looked like he got it. Uh, they took it away from us, it, you know. I'm pretty confused because it seems like they do a big emphasis on replays about like clear and conclusive to overturn. And it seems mm-hmm. like like that one I'll take that one. You did have one camera view where like, okay, his elbow hit and he's slightly short, but that Ramondre one earlier mm-hmm. in the game where he's like laying over the first down marker and then they go to the replay and they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, you can see a shot right here of the football. And you can't because there's like fucking a million bodies. I'm like, and then they turn it, turn it, turn it around, overturn it. I'm like, all right. Like, I feel like this is just all the good luck we accumulated through the Brady years. Like, we're just getting it in waves every year. Because it seems like the last three years, that's been the case on any iffy challenge, any review. Like, oh, we'll just throw it against the Pats. Like, fuck them. They've got... All these years of success, they don't need it anymore. Because that Ramondre one, I'll take the Cole Strange one, whatever. That was close. It's a tough call. No one wants to lose like that. But that Ramondre one, like he was laying over the first down line in a pivotal point in the game. And they're like, yeah, look, you can see a shot of a football here. I couldn't see it at home. I don't know if y'all could. Maybe it was just me, but I don't know. So, but weird (laughs) game. I don't, that one, weird game overall. Miami's the better team. Miami looks really good. Props to Miami. Um, and I thought, you know, they, they thought the Patriots battled. I mean, they took away Tyreek, they took away Waddle, they took away the deep ball. They yep. allowed that one big run by Mozart, but uh, you know, is what it is, you know, take a week two loss, but again, that's why that week one loss was so important. Like they should have took advantage of the Eagles mistakes, then this loss doesn't matter as much. But, you know, a lot of game yeah. left. I do like what I see out of Mac. Not so much as far as the turnovers, as far as the team goes. You know, turnovers and penalties, that I don't like to see. But there is weirdly a lot to like. I mean, if you listen to just Pat's fans today, you'd swear we got blown out 38 to nothing. But, you know, it's really not all that bad. But I would have rather came away with a win, and it feels like two winnable games. Of course. So, yeah, I could be happier.
0: So, Timmy. As a non Patriots fan and a non really Dolphins fan, you like Tua, but objective fan, what did you think about the game and how do you feel about uh, the Patriots? The Patriots
2: are actually surprising me this year. Mac Jones, I thought he was dog water, thought he just wouldn't be that guy. He looked pretty damn good against the Eagles, and I think he looked pretty solid last night too. Um, I really wanted them to give the Cole strange a first down because it was like so close. And from the first view, it was like, yeah, he's there. He's right over the line. And then they give you that other shot. And it's like, okay, they could take this away. They could have just given it to (laughs) him and been like, it wasn't super clear and conclusive. And then it would have been a great ending to the game. They got what 20 seconds to try and get a touchdown. Um, So I really wanted them (laughs) to give it to him. Um, But I like the Dolphins. I like the Patriots are definitely surprising me, though. Um, I'm definitely, I don't think necessarily they're a five-win team anymore. Um, I still don't think I'd say they're like a 10-win team or even like a 500 team. But like, they're impressing me. See, Keem, before before you go, I I just
1: got to say like, Tim was just like 3,000 more times positive than anybody on patriots twitter like again you would have swore we lost <laughs> how the jets lost the last two weeks like that's how patriots fans are yeah. and blame it on mac too and like like i agree 100 with tim i'm very impressed with how mac has looked these first two weeks but again you ask mm. patriots twitter Mac's the reason we lost which i don't necessarily agree with that
2: get them out of there let's rebuild all that pretty stuff pretty much yeah. i just with Twitter, I just take it for a grain of salt. Half those people literally don't even watch the games; literally. they just see this, the the book, the box score, and they're like, "Ah, it wasn't good enough." But like, they have no idea; they were in that game the whole game. Um,
0: but yeah, I would say week one, Mac played. B plus to a minus football. I think the the pick in the beginning wasn't great, but after that I think he was playing close to a football so I would give him probably a B plus because that pick six can't happen um that was it was I mean obviously it hit the receiver's hands, but the ball was thrown behind him it should have a better pass probably doesn't lead to that. And I would give him B minus ish. For last night, I mean, 231, one touchdown, one pick. That's not bad by any means, obviously, but probably B minus. So, I would average him out to about a B this year. So, I mean, a B85, I'm going to – I'll definitely take that. I mean, obviously, it's not a 99, but he's been playing better than someone like Joe Burrow. Would I ever <laughs> take Joe Burrow? I'd take Joe Burrow 100 times out of 100 over Mac Jones, obviously. But this year he has played better than Mac Jones. I mean – played better than Joe Burrow as Mac Jones has played better than Joe Burrow Mac Jones really you can make the arguments honestly played just as good as Patrick Mahomes if you break down the stats and everything if you're just going off a statistics, so Mac Jones hasn't been a bad quarterback by any means this year this Patriots team is exactly what I thought it was going to be so far in every single game comes down to the end we'll see if Mac's able to make plays in both games, he didn't make the wrong play. He had to get it out. He had to give his receiver a chance. Gaseki just couldn't get it. Flipped it over. Um, obviously, I think that I would have kept it just because I don't feel like it was conclusive. You could say, If one angle says yes, one other says you, no, it's not conclusive. So I would have kept it. But um, And then, obviously, week one, beautiful throw. 13-ish yards on the sideline. The uh, rookie receiver just can't drag his foot. So, like, those are – that's an elite throw. Like, that throw is much harder than people give it credit for. So, I think Max played well. This defense has played very well. Held a high-flying Eagles team to only 25. And then – hell, and really – Not even. Really 18. Really 18 because obviously the pick six. And then – Held a Dolphins team who can get you high 30s, held them pretty much in check. Um, talk, we'll talk about the Dolphins, I'm sure, later, but the Patriots, I'm, it's exactly how I, was, I thought it was going to be. So I'm optimistic, but then again, we're 0 2. But then again, I'm not like the most mad at it because as Max, been a B. Bee, I think if we were to get a top two pick again, but like, obviously it's there. They look too good now to even be in that conversation, but they are O in two. So yeah. And then these have been against maybe the like top three team in the AFC and top three team in the NFC. So it's not like they have played against bad competition. They've played against two of the seven best teams in the league for sure. And they've stood toe to toe with them. So it, future looks and then this week we, we'll talk about that later in the week but oh boy zach wilson kyle's guy <laughs> oh, buddy we got kyle's zach. guy um i mean look not not to be mistaken for a look point guard. i wanna
1: wait who what point guard
0: kyle i said kyle's guy not to be mistaken for a point guard kyle oh got guy. you got but you go go got
1: on. you um yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not in the best of spirits because I really am still mad at last night's game. But you do raise a good point. We did lose to two contenders. Uh I guess I can't really shit on Patriots Twitter that much because right after Mac threw that pick last night, I tweeted out Mac Wilson or Zach Jones. You know, so I guess I guess I can't really complain when I was like going OD. <laughs> over one pick (laughs) in a game we were still very much in
0: that's fandom for you yeah (laughs) that's for you know like you
1: said the silver lining is we do play Zachy Wilson next week in all his all his might uh he can't he can't he literally can't help him and like you said we'll talk about it but he can't help himself he's gonna throw us not one not two not three not four not five, not six, Calm down, not seven. Braun. Like Calm that's a that's Braun. a potential that's a potential that <laughs> Zach Wilson has. You know, that's what he has. So you know, I'm already considering next week a bye week. Maybe I shouldn't be this uh, confident, but <laughs> I'm not afraid of Zachy Zachy Wilson at all.
0: So Zachy poo, Zachy poo. Speaking, Zachy poo. <laughs> all right, so. um broke down we have a little bit of a format that we're gonna go with and so for this one the three most impressive teams what i'm thinking is we each get one so i say kyle says one timmy says one i'll say one just in case we do have the same team we don't have to repeat that same team so timmy uh first team that you think is the most impressive so far these were first two weeks
2: um i'm gonna go with one that i don't think you guys are gonna have Um, I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams Um, did not expect them to win honorable mention. Yeah. I didn't expect them to win week one. Um, And they hung in there with the, with the 49ers this week. Um, Just wasn't from what we saw last year. This was not the team I expected. Um, So pretty, pretty surprised, especially two wide receivers that nobody even knew their names prior to fantasy football starting up this year. Um, and they both look pretty solid.
0: Twenty-five catches. Yeah,
2: and they're about to get Cooper Cup back in a couple of weeks, so they could be even better here in just a couple weeks. So yeah. I've been really surprised by them. Um, yeah, I didn't. I expected you guys not to have them, so that's the team i come out with.
0: Yeah. Um. I they were an honorable mention. They weren't in my top three, but they're a team that I had in the, the realm of thought. They've been. They've impressed me this year too, uh, Kyle.
1: I would say cumulatively. I mean, I thought we were going by week two, so I didn't have the Rams on that. But cumulatively, absolutely. I think they're the most impressive team out of these Mm -hmm. first two weeks. I mean, if you listen to the preseason pod, you know exactly what I thought about the Rams. I thought they'd be in tank mode. But Stafford's look great. Uh, Puka obviously has looked great, as well as 2-2 Atwell. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and their defense is performing. I mean, they were in that game with the Niners most of the way. And I think the Niners right now – could make the case and it's not really a case to be made because i think it's pretty obvious they look like the best team in the league either them or dallas right now um so yeah if you're almost at st louis if you're a los angeles rams fan you got a lot to be excited about because they look like they're gonna be right in the mix especially as long as Stafford stay healthy he looks amazing he really does
0: yeah uh did you want did you have a team that you wanted to stay at all kyle or i mean a team i'll throw
1: out who impressed me yesterday in particular uh, would be the Atlanta Falcons, mainly because, I mean, look, I was all in on the Packers this past week. Pretty much up until Jordan Love. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Jordan Love had a false start. Never seen a quarterback have a false start. and not that bad of a false start either. Um, but particularly Desmond Ritter, because he did it a lot with his legs in the second half because they needed for him to make plays. He made a couple throws, a yep. couple easy throws. But, I mean <clears> – <throat> He did a lot with his legs and, you know, pulled out a victory. And again, I don't think he's anything to write home about. I don't think he's ever going to be in the top tier of quarterbacks, not even maybe the top 16 of quarterbacks, but he certainly did enough yesterday.
0: Yeah. So Atlanta was on my list, so I'll talk about them just a touch. Um, week one, because I went, I was talking both weeks, uh, week one, 24 to 10 over Carolina. Jesse Bates' addition, I think, is going to be good. That defense has some pieces on it, as we can tell, and we knew already, but we just get to see it. Bijan special. Bijan is super duper special. Like he is a legitimate game changer. He's one of those running backs. Like when Saquon Barkley first touched the Giants, it was like, oh man, this guy. What is this? Like what Christian McCaffrey? When you see him, I know obviously Christian's a bad. I mean, Bijan's only played two games, but. When you see Christian McCaffrey, are like, oh, that's a difference maker. Bijan is a difference maker, a true difference maker. Uh, Desmond Ritter down the stretch, I mean, they're down 24-12. So, I mean, you got to give respect to that regardless of whoever. Ritter made plays with his legs. I mean, he might not have the greatest arm, but he still made plays, kept poised, mm-hmm. and was able to pull that game out. Um, but the team that I'm going to say is the team that we are talking about first is the Miami Dolphins. So – the Dolphins have impressed me because they showed two different ways to win through these two weeks. They said shootout against the Chargers. Like, yeah, we got that. Tyreek can go for two hundred. We'll see. Um, Jalen Waddle can, I think, only had like seventy-five yards, but still, like that four sixty-six for Tua went off fourth most all time for a week one uh, in week one, and then week two, Bill said, we are not allowing you guys to beat us deep. Tyreek, I think, only had five catches, 40 yards. Waddle had four for 86. And Raheem Mostert runs 18 for a buck, 21 touchdown. They had 30 pass attempts and 30 rushing attempts. So it's showing that, okay, you don't just win by going down the field. You can can grit out a win. That was a gritty win against a very well-coached defense and a very good defense in New England. So they're a team that really – they, they've surprised me, especially because that's the per- that was the perfect game plan for New England, and obviously they were in it late. But Miami made all the plays they needed to to win that game, and they did. I'd agree with you on Miami. Uh, all righty, Timmy. Definitely... Do you have another team that we haven't always oh, had going on? Oh, no, on? I was
1: just going to say I agree with you about Miami. They just look very professional. You know, like everything was well ran last night. They looked – they yeah. had a plan. They executed uh Tua's vastly improved. You know, I've I've took my shots at Tua, but he's he's definitely improved as a mm-hmm. quarterback, without a doubt. And uh he had such control of that game. Uh he's just got much more pocket awareness and just has improved overall leaps and bounds, I believe.
0: Yeah. I agree. Uh Tua's definitely taking the right steps, and that's also why on a different little side topic. Why I don't like to jump on QBs too quickly because I mean you used to always get three years for QBs when they were when they were early on. You have to learn the speed of the game. Then you get accustomed to the offense. And then year three is really where you're like, okay, this guy's played two years now, he knows what the is like, he knows what his teammates are like. Now let's see what he can be and can't be. So it's like it's hard sometimes when you're coming in from college and you're just jumped in jumping into grown men. Playing a sport when you're playing against kids, obviously in high and uh, college, you're playing against t- 19 to 21 year olds, and you're playing against a 28, 29 year old knows knows how the game is, and it's a completely different game. But uh, Timmy, you're good to go with your second team if you have one that hasn't been spoken about.
2: I do want to uh, say that my honorable mention is the Patriots, um, just because their offense has surprised me. I knew their defense would be good; yep. they're very well coached defense, mm. but. Their offense didn't expect them to play that well against Philly, and I think they played a decent game last night. They definitely could have won that game for sure. Um, I will say that I don't think the Dolphins are surprising me because I've been big on them all offseason, so I've been expecting this. Um, So it's not a surprise. Um, But my next team, um, I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. I knew that their defense would be special, but I didn't think it would be that special. Um, I know they kind of had two of the – more funny offenses to play against for weeks one and two here, but they are definitely looking like um, East Rutherford offenses. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of not the best start for both those offenses, but their defense has no. looked pretty solid. And then they played a good defense yesterday, and they looked like they were very comfortable running, throwing everything. So mm-hmm. um, all around, this team is a lot better than. I really expected them to be. I totally still think that this season is going to crash and burn for them. and I don't know when it's going to happen, but um, it, that's what I'm saying.
0: At some point. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
2: At some point. It might be week eight. It might be week 15. It's going down. Somebody is. It might be the could, divisional round, but it's like something's going to
0: happen. No, I. I go on, Kyle. <laughs> Get be.
2: shut out in the Super
0: Bowl oh or something. God. Like really, really <laughs> that that would be so like Dallas too. I would, I would just, <laughs> that would oh, really? Be, that would be so Dallas. They get to the Super Bowl and like out of some weird thing, it's not the Chiefs, it's not the Dolphins. Like say it's the Jags. Yeah. Like the Jags just get hot at the right time. So a team where it's like rookie or I mean young team hasn't been to the moment before. You don't know how it's going to be. And then Trevor Lawrence goes like 30 to five. on over to 5 and just blows the doors off. And Mike is a non-factor. Diggs is getting burnt left and right. That is a Cowboys way to lose. I actually kind of hope that happens. I'm not going to lie to you. That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, Kyle, do you have another team at all that you wanted to speak yeah,
1: on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the other teams, two of my – my second and my third – Team I'm most impressed with would be the Chiefs. I did not expect them to not only win yesterday, but win like I thought it was gonna be a shootout, if anything, or maybe even the Jags pull away, but to win a defensive battle
0: mm-hmm. like that
1: and kind of a must-win, not necessarily a one, but like that's someone who's not gonna necessarily be a rival, but they're gonna be right there the next few years, you know. Um so for them to stand up to of Jacksonville course. at Jacksonville again a defensive battle. Chris Jones looked good his first week back. I wasn't expecting that. And for them to gut it out like that shows you a lot in these first two weeks for me Um, because they had every reason to go 0-2, very well could have gone 0-2, and
0: And they're sitting at 1-1. Excuse me. Yeah, definitely. The Chiefs Chiefs defense looks pretty good. They had a lot of young rookies last year. I think they started more rookies than any other team. I think it was 4 or 5. So, you get a lot of second-year players who now have been there, done that, know how to play. Uh, they know the scheme and everything. So, they're definitely looking better defensively because they did. Obviously, it was week one, but they did hold the Lions to 20 or 21. So, you had a nice Lions offense to 21, who obviously last week show, or yesterday showed how potent their offense can be, even though they lost in overtime. And then you held a very good Jags team, who put up 31 week one and got – Granted, it was against the Colts, but still, thirty-one held them to nine. So, definitely, the Chiefs' defense is showing he can be definitely formidable. And if that's the case, that means Mahomes doesn't have to be Superman. That's that's the most dangerous Chiefs team, I think. If you get a defense kind of can win you a game, Chiefs <laughs> team, you know Mahomes can win you a game. So that that makes them even more scary. If that's the case. Um. A team that we've talked about a little bit, but a team I want to mention regardless, is the 49ers. I thought the 49ers, I had them 11-6 and 6 going into the year. They look like a 14-3 and 3 style team right now. They hit the ground running. Two road wins, one in Pittsburgh and then one in LA. Obviously, LA has been one of the shocking teams. Basically but basically a home game for them, though. They didn't even play particularly a great 49ers game <laughs> and still. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even play, like, a particularly good 49ers game and still got the W, which shows – still got the 30, I believe. So it's showing that they're in midseason form. I know that Shanahan owns McVay, so that's kind of – you expected the – I expected the win, but the 49ers have looked very good so far, and they look like a team that has Super Bowl – they're destined – I mean, they've been for the last – four or five years now. I mean, they've gone to one. They've been to three NFC Championship games. So, like, they've been they've been in the mix for the last few years. So, just basically business as usual over there in uh, San Fran. They just
1: got to stay healthy.
0: And does anyone else have any more teams? I know we kind of – yes, staying healthy is 100%. But does anyone have any more teams, overla- unless we overlapped at all? That yeah, I had one mention? more
1: team, and they're actually – in my disappointing as well. They're both in my impressive and disappointing teams. And that's Tim's New York giants. Uh, Was very impressed with how they came back yesterday was extremely impressed with mainly how they allowed Daniel Jones to finally throw down the field in the middle of the field and, you know, let him throw into traffic and really dictate the game. And, you know, just kind of really took the training wheels off him and he succeeded. He more than succeeded. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it sounds like we'll segue into the uh, teams we're not impressed with that were disappointed in these first couple weeks. And that would also be the Giants because, you know, week one, we maybe we expect that a little bit. Week one with the Cowboys, we see how they do against talented teams. We saw it last year with the Eagles. They're kind of just in the middle of there. You know, they can beat good teams. They cannot beat great teams. They can't even really play with great teams. And yesterday for them to go down 20-0 to the Arizona Cardinals who are trying to lose – um, every time Dobbs dropped back, and Tim knows this. I'm texting Tim during the game because, you know, I had a little little something on the game. So I'm, like, basically a Giants fan yesterday. I'm, like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with your team? Like, every time Dobbs <laughs> dropped back, like, before, before he even threw the ball, I could just tell Dobbs had confidence. I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, he really thinks he can tear this team up. And the Giants didn't really have any fight in them on defense, didn't really do anything. To move the ball offensively in the first half and uh i was very disappointed i'm like was all of last year a mirage and then second half like i said they take the training wheels off daniel jones they get a little innovative they get a little risky and uh they looked very good you know i think they're gonna get blown out by the niners on thursday but you know as i said before i think they're a middle of the pack team but daniel they're only saving grace is exactly they're only saving grace but as far as daniel jones go much like how Tim said Max impressing him. Daniel Jones very much impressed me yesterday. Very much impressed me. Granted, it was the Cardinals, but still impressive. The
0: first, the first six quarters of the season, they were down sixty to zero. Mm. They won. So good for them to have to have resilience and good on Daniel Jones and that offense to have resilience. They were down sixty to zero. Through the first six quarters of their season. Sammy, I'm going to let you talk about your team. Um,
2: one thing you said, second half is when that's when the offense really started kind of clicking, and that's when they made that big comeback. Um, supposedly, Brian Daybowl De- took over play calling in the second half, and that right. might be a big reason and why they actually started succeeding. Um, he did not call plays against Dallas. Um, and then another thing, Daniel Jones, he's thrown three picks already, which is pretty close to the amount he threw last year um two yep. of them are not his fault saquon just threw the ball to the defenders on both of them well they're tipped but <laughs> either way those aren't really on him he had one bad one against Dallas. I'll, I'll definitely give him the credit on that one but um yeah people were really quickly to just count him out especially being down 60 to nothing in six quarters um but i think this team is going to start turning here they're still in my biggest disappointment teams right now like they're one of my three i was going to bring them up um their defense just doesn't look anywhere near good enough to even win a playoff game this year so they definitely got to tighten that up and then if the offense turns it around maybe maybe they look a little bit better win a few more games we're one and one so it's not the worst thing but we did get a win against probably the worst team in the nfl and it took us four quarters all the way down to two minutes to do it so
0: yeah so there weren't in my disappointing teams because i didn't Fully expect much out of them I'm not going to lie to you um, I expected more than 60 to nothing In the first six quarters But I mean They ended up beating <laughs> Arizona A win is a win So I'm going to give them the fact that they're resilient But they should never have been down that much um, First team that I'm going to bring up real quick The Chargers it's The number one um, on list too. That's a gotta have it game Yeah, that's a gotta have it game, and it's not like you don't have the talent. You've got the defensive talent. You've got Derwin James. You've got Joey Bosa. You've got you've got Khalil Mack. You've got the talent defensively, offensively. I know you're missing Austin Eckler. You still got Keenan Allen, who balled out. You still got Mike Williams. Still got Gerald Everett. uh, Josh Kelly is not a bad backup back at all. You still got one of the top seven quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert. There's, there's no position other than running back, because Austin Eckler was out, that they were at a disadvantage. The Titans front, maybe, is a better run front, but like they're not a better pass rushing front. You've got to win that game. That game comes down to Brandon Staley versus Mike Vrabel. You've got one of the top six coaches in the league. You've got a not top six quarter coach in the league. You've just got a eh coach in the league. That's what it comes down to. Um, you've got to think that seat's got to be super warm. You're coming off of a season where you blew a huge lead. You know, Trevor Lawrence has five turnovers in the first half, and then they win. That That's a problem. Regardless of whoever you blame it on, that's a problem, and then you're coming into the season 0-2. Kellen Moore might have a head coaching job here within the next four weeks. If this continues, like this team, Kyle had winning the division. Kyle had this coach as his coach of the year by default, by <laughs> the way. Not that he had really faith in him, but <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, has, Kyle has said for years now that he has no faith in Brandon Staley, <laughs> but legitimately by default had him. It still had him as coach of the year, though. Still had this team 12 and five. Yeah. They, this can't happen. Yep. Yeah. If you're that team, you got to win that game.
1: For sure. I mean, my logic with the Chargers being great this year was kind of the same logic as Tim had with the Cowboys being bad, possibly this year, you know, like at some point, all that talent's got to average out. And, you you know, like if there was any year for them, it'd be this year where the Chiefs look good, but not great. Uh, The Raiders, same thing. They don't look anything but average. And the Broncos, we just don't know. Right. And uh, so I'm figuring, hey, maybe, maybe this is the year uh, Keen, I actually think we almost you almost gave Herbert too much grace. I mean, he played great yesterday for the most part, but I think at the end of the regulation, they had first and down, first and ten at the ten. You know, basically first and goal to put that game away. And he couldn't get a score, uh, so I don't know. I think I kind of felt this way last year, and I do like Herbert. I think he's super talented, obviously, but I do think he gets a big pass from the media by and large and fans even. Uh, I don't know. I'd just like to see more from them. I mean, I agree. Staley, that's a coaching mismatch. And, yeah, I don't like Staley at all. I think you're hindering Justin Herbert by giving him a coach like that. However, there's enough talent on that offense to where they don't necessarily have to win going away yesterday. I'm not saying that, but you got to at least put your foot down. I mean, you know, we saw Mahomes yesterday on that third down to ice the game make an incredible throw. There's no reason why Herbert can't, with his gifts – at least put some of these games away by himself, at least with, you know, a pure arm talent player, something like that. You know what he, I
0: mean? <clears throat> he may not be Mahomes' arm talent, but he's in the ballpark. Yeah, I mean. Ev- like, like, there are certain, th- like, Herbert. I think. There's the a ballpark. large part
1: of, there's a large segment who will tell you <laughs> Herber over Burrow all day. I'm not in that camp. But there's a large segment who will say quarterback for quarterback. They're not even looking at Burrow. We're going to take Herbert. You know, and uh, for him to be 0-2, I think, you know, game one, whatever. But game two, you got to come away with a win there, whether it's Staley. I don't care if your coach is Matt Patricia. You got to come away with a win there.
0: I mean, game one, he did get the ball two minutes left, only needing a field goal. It didn't work out, but he did get, I mean. that Tyree kill throw was like 2.13 I think left on the clock or something like that it wasn't like it was 30 seconds left it's
1: more than enough talent to
0: make plays and I could be mistaken but I believe it was like 2.13 or something close to that oh absolutely oh absolutely um so Timmy do you have a team at all
2: yep I actually came with three so the Giants were my first one the second team is the Denver Broncos. Um, I think that if Sean Payton was the man and he was this coach, like, don't get me wrong. He's a hall of fame coach most likely. Um, but if he was the person to turn this franchise around, they would probably be two and O right now, at least one and one. And they are not um, either of those records. So um, I'm pretty disappointed. Their defense didn't look like the defense we knew last year um, and their offense I don't even know. They looked kind of good yesterday, but like not. They're just not it. They're just not a complete team. They can't. They don't have the clutch. Russell's, he's not what he was on the Seahawks. So, I don't know. This team is disappointing. I think that they probably win five games this year, and they're off to a rough start. So.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what to make. Did of Did you the also problems. have them,
0: Keenan? I didn't, because I don't expect much out of them. They shocked me by putting up thirty three. Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, floored. Like I, <laughs> they were the last year. They were book at sixteen. They're not getting more <laughs> until they prove me. They got they got double that. Still managed to lose, but they got double that. Twenty one so in the like, first half. I'm I'm happy with that. Like I'm floored. No, no, they, That that was the thing. They're up twenty one three. I was like, man, was I doubting this team too much? And right on cue, <laughs> nope, <laughs> right on cue, Broncos are going to do Broncos things with Russell Wilson. Probably get some high knees after the game in the locker room, might get some yoga stretching, might go downward dog pose in the locker room afterwards just to get his zen in. <sighs> God. Sorry, Kyle, go on this. Oh, no, all I was saying earlier was I have no idea what to make list, about
1: the Broncos. Though. They weren't on my list either. Uh, but, you know, they're up 21-3. Russ is throwing the ball all over the place. The next thing you know, they let him back in the game, and then Russ is just throwing some of the worst balls you'll ever see to the commanders. You know what I mean? Like, he's just – I have no idea what to make of that whole project in general, and I'm still really shocked, honestly. We talk about Staley. I'm shocked that Sean Payton didn't just stay this year out and wait for that Chargers job to open up. That seemed like the more lucrative job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anybody who'd want to be in that Broncos position, honestly. Um, so I'm just shocked he's there. Seems like at some point Stidum might come in if Russ keeps this up, but then again, there's points in the game where Russ will look like the old Russ. So I just don't understand it. I don't know what to make of them. It's only week two. Uh, they definitely at least have the potential to turn it around, but they also have big disaster potential as well. So there mm-hmm. are big palms up for me. Uh, my third team because I had the Giants and the Chargers as well. My third team that I'm disappointing it, disappointed in would be the Jacksonville Jaguars, only putting up nine points. Uh, that game at home with the cool. Super Bowl contenders coming to you, where you played them last year and really should have been in that game more than they were, the game where Mahomes gets injured, uh, that was a big statement game for me. Much like yesterday, as we said, leading into week two, it was a statement game for the Chargers for me. Well, yesterday was a bigger one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, yeah, they won thirty-one seventeen 17 against the Colts, but it wasn't like a dominating win either. Like, they kind of just won by default almost. They did what they had to do. And then they had a lot of chances yeah. in the red zone yesterday and just couldn't connect. They could not get the job done. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily that this is they're just not that team. I'm not saying that at all. But this was part of the reason why I had the Titans really in the running for the AFC South title this year because I just think when it comes down to it, they're not all the way ready yet. Um, they got all the talent in the world. They got a lot of talent on the team. Clearly, the defense could step up too, but I still think they're about a year, year and a half away from being the true contender they look to be. Um, improving it yesterday with that game. And again, it's only week two, but I just would have liked to see a little more yesterday, especially with all the red zone chances they had.
0: I think they were 0-6 in the red zone Or something like that Like touchdowns Like they were The Jaguars Like this game Is the most meaningful game Out of their entire regular season Unless they're playing for like A playoff spot or a division At the end of the season Reason being You have the team that beat you in the playoffs last year you have, regardless of what the record is, the class of the AFC and the class of the NFL. This is a statement game. They're coming to you, coming off of a loss. This is a statement game. Like, when the Bengals beat the Chiefs, that was a statement game. Like, obviously, the division games, like the Chargers play them really hard. I mean, but that's, that's a division game, so those are different. But if you want to be that team you need to beat that team or at least compete with that team at a level that looks worthy. Like we saw in the regular season, the Ravens when Lamar on fourth down and like four, he ran for the first down and they beat the chiefs. Then you see the Buffalo bills, same thing they've beaten the chiefs and like in the regular season in close games, they've played with them. Obviously in the playoffs, the Ravens has never gotten there. The bills lost to the uh, chiefs twice, once in the NFC championship game, once in the divisional round in OT, but that's just a game that you've got to at least, you've got to fight. And even though the game was 17-9, to it just didn't look like the Jags woke up for it. So, that was, I. they weren't on my disappointing list, but they were, that was a disappointing performance to me. If you lose 35-31, to even like 24-21, to but you guys are playing back and forth, it's just good football and the Chiefs show to be a little bit better, that's fine, but... Nine, when your offense is your strong suit, that, that, that can't get it done. Team for me, I'll throw out there my guy, Joe, Joey B., and the Bengals. They obviously, they're 0 2. They started 0 2 last year, ended 12 4, went to the AFC Championship game, clearly. Lost 23 20. And week one last year, Joey B. was. Two touchdowns to four picks against the Steelers. Wasn't good at all. And then he turned it around for the rest of the season. This year, he was 14 of 31 for 82 yards. Yesterday, I think it was two mid 200s and then two touchdowns and a pick. He looked like Joey B a little bit in the fourth quarter when he was orchestrating drives. But other than that, that's pretty much the only 15 minutes I've seen Joe Burrow. He's came up hobbling, so that calf might actually be more of an issue. He might be not planning well, but regardless, as I've always said, if he's playing, I can't – I'm not going to give him a pass. Like, if he's that hurt, then he's got to be sitting down. But if he's playing on the field, I've got to grade him as he's playing on the field, and he has been subpar. His He's been off with Chase, which is weird. What was, what was that noise? Uh, like a paper bag. You're good. Keep <laughs> your- oh, I was so confused. I was like, "Is some did someone fall?" It's <laughs> like, everything good. All right, but <clears throat> yeah, no. The uh, his he's been off with Chase, which I don't think has happened ever. <laughs> like you not even in college, so that's been a little weird too. T, they finally got T Higgins the ball. Like he finally like, hey, like jamar chase is going to be seeing double or tough man let's go throw it to the other guy he's pretty good too so i think that they're going to turn it around i hope joey b doesn't miss time against the rams because the rams are showing to be that's not going to be an easy game but uh there being my disappointing i think they've been offensively lackluster defense has been okay but the offense has definitely been lackluster
1: yeah, definitely got a feel for the people who took Jamar Chase within the and first three picks of their fantasy draft this year because I mean, he's giving you nothing, absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah. No, and one thing I gotta say though is, fantasy is just like you hear in the, just like the NFL and everything overreacts. Fantasy people overreact so much, like week two weeks in and we think the entire like jamar like people are probably like trying to move off a chase as quickly as possible the this is the time of year where you're like okay he doesn't he's not doing well okay because this is how i got joe mixon from ira for pennies Mm -hmm. and then i and then i ended up flipping that for christian mccaffrey so like Like, this is when in fantasy time for people watching with fantasy advice, find whatever player's sucking right now that's not going to moving forward and just pluck him for cheap. This is the perfect time for it. Because then you can look and when you convince, like, he hasn't even gotten the ball. Joey B's injured. So he might not even, like, they might be off. Like, coming off of another season, they might just be out of whack and blah, blah, blah. But really, you're like, okay, it's Jamar Chase. He's going to get rolling at some point. So. This is the perfect time on a little side note for fantasy. If you need a, if you need somebody go pluck these bad people who have played bad in the first couple weeks and then sell high on the people like maybe Deandre Swift, who is going to be in a backfield where that happens once in a while, but then Kenneth Gainwell comes in and he might not even see this field sell high on him after that game because he's, I don't think that happens every week, but sidetrack. Okay um if you guys don't have any more disappointing teams any takeaways that you have uh, timmy you're good to go up.
2: i also have the bengals on my list uh they were my third team um you talk yep. about the giants playing bad football for six quarters the bengals have been playing some pretty bad football for the first six quarters they didn't really start mounting that comeback until the second half and then it was too late
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah which are also a bad pick in the red zone too mm-hmm. um and I think this is like a perfect segue into my into the biggest takeaways thing, just because I have the Bengals on this list. And then one of my takeaways is about the Bengals. So if you want me to, I can go yep. right into that. Um, go for it. Cool. Uh, I think the key to the, the Bengals fixing their offense is Joe Burrow needs to throw the football to T Higgins 15 times a game because he's not going to be double teamed and he's a one. We've seen it. Jamar Chase, they just can't They can't get him the ball. He's still getting his targets. He's getting close to 10 targets a game. He's coming down with maybe four of them for like 50 yards. That's not a good fantasy game. T. Higgins needs to be involved, and they involved him in the second half, and they actually started mounting a comeback. They need him to do that four quarters a game all year long, and it's good. Mainly because he's on my fantasy team, but also <laughs> because
0: it worked. No, you're – No, honestly, they need to – Joey B sometimes – and you see this with every single receiver pair ever. You saw even Aaron Rodgers sometimes, like most notably against the 49ers two years ago in the playoffs, had Alan Lazard open wide open over in the middle. You throw to Devontae Adams because you trust him. Sometimes you need to go through your reads and maybe not force it. I mean, obviously, third and four – you see a one-on-one on on the outside. Like the one where Chase got it knocked out in the end zone, Uh, Ravens defender made a great play on it. You throw that ball to him. That is a, my guy is better than your guy. I trust that. But there are times where you force feed him because you want to get him rolling. But getting T. Higgins rolling gets Jamar Chase rolling because the defense now has to shift because you're not just going to let T. Higgins go for two hundo on you because he's capable of going for two hundo on you. So that sometimes I feel like quarterbacks just get locked in on their number one too much a little bit and kind of almost sometimes will forget to go through all their progressions because that's what they want. I mean, it works because they're great, and that's why you go to them. But sometimes you need to spread the ball out a little
1: Yeah, one of my biggest takeaways that involves the Bengals would be how important preseason kind of is. You know, I'm not saying you need to be out there a ton. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you need to even play the full three games, you know, maybe just suit up for two of the games. But getting those reps in is important. Uh, And we've seen it back to back years with the Bengals. Last year might not have been as big a deal. But as we said going into this week, it was essentially a must win playing against Baltimore this week. Uh, they had him at home and you know for them to lose by 10 points that's alarming and like you said burrow he's looked good for as you say 15 minutes all season that's not gonna cut it you know you can get away with that in the nba where you can have a slow start and still make the playoffs this rams game is gonna be no joke and the rams look at Mm -hmm. least in midseason form you know uh we see it especially the last four years the more off season and preseasons de emphasize the first six weeks are awful. Like you will see some of the most awful football you will ever see as far as turnovers, as far as mistakes, as far as just a bunch of a variety of things, you know, low scoring all over, which I like to some degree because of the chaos. Like it's still a good product, regardless. It's just not as good as it's gonna be in week eight and so forth. But in the case of the mm-hmm. Bengals. They, they cannot lose to the Rams. The Rams look like they could compete with most teams right now, just at least as far as competing, just as far as getting the ball down the field. And the Bengals still look in preseason form. So they are in real danger of going 0-3. I don't expect it. But, man, if you're telling me Burrow's 80% and the way uh, Stafford's throwing the ball right now, the way the Rams look and the confidence the Rams are playing with, yeah, the Bengals are in a little bit of trouble right now.
0: They might be at zero percent because he might not be playing on Monday, honestly. Um, and yeah, no, they this is this is in a sense. I mean they can they come back from Owen three and make the playoffs? Yes. Is this semi like a mini mini super bowl pun into I mean they played this Rams in the Super Bowl? Kind of kinda. I mean not like it's the it's end a of the must world, win but Owen three is really hard to come back. 0-3, and, and they're 0-2 in the division already. You lose to the Browns, you lose to the Ravens. You're 0-2 in the division already. So the wor- best you can do with the Browns is split. The best you can do with the Ravens is split. Obviously, you see the Steelers twice, and they give you fits, And the fits Browns could go, up so two,
1: could go up 2 in the division tonight.
0: Being and 2 in the division is like... Yeah. Yes, that is a game that's going to be very interesting. They could go up... They could easily go up in tonight. So the definitely the Bengals have to be on high alert right now they need them to win on monday night i think they'll get it but it's not gonna be as i preseason prediction i was like yeah they're gonna beat the rams now i'm like
1: question for you though
0: (laughs) an injured i mean aaron donald still aaron aaron donald's still a person yeah you say
1: you think they're gonna get it what reasons do you have that you think they're gonna pull out that win
0: This offense is way too talented and way too good, and shown over the last two years that they. Last year, it took them a few weeks to get into it. Um, this year, I'm feeling the same. Like I had them 14 and three because I thought they're 14 and three. I had because I was like Joe B is going to have the first off season in his entire NFL career as a real starter with the team, and I was, and then that didn't happen. I kept it because I was like, I think they can still manage to get through it anyway because they're that good. But I do think they do very well at making adjustments. Zach Taylor has proven to be a pretty good coach. Uh, You obviously, if Joe B Joe, if he's healthy, you've got chase, you've got Higgins, you can throw on the Rams. Um, They're going to play him tough. It's not going to be an easy, it's not going to be a cakewalk, but, you can play them tough, but I do think the Bengals' offense is just too too potent that they're not going to just keep being this bad. Could they? Sure. I would agree but with that I don't I, I, would I wouldn't agree put with that money on it. General. I think that their offense is going to wake up.
1: I would agree with that in general, but I don't think we've seen anything over the first two weeks to give us that indication. And their week three game last year was our good friend Zachy Wilson in the Jets. This year, it's Stafford in the Rams.
0: Yeah, no. It's definitely it's definitely a it's definitely something that you're gonna have to check into. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout by any means, but I do think this team is battle tested. They've been in big moments and big games before. They do rise to the occasion for big moments. So I think this is a big moment, it's a primetime game, and I feel like they're gonna get the job done. I do. I really. I don't see that. I can't just see this offense again not being able to put up points. They're just too good to not, unless unless we're overrating the offense somehow. But I just think they're too good not to put up points. I would say, um. So Timmy, that was your take with Kyle. Do you have one, or doesn't take us? are you got whatever you want? I was gonna mention something. About. Oh,
1: sorry. I was just gonna say, I think they're leaning towards zero and three more than they are one and two. I'm not picking against them necessarily, but they're if I had to pick away, they're leaning. I think they're leaning closer to zero and three than one and two. Um, I actually, so my first takeaway was the preseason, how important preseason could be. You don't mind kind of coincides with the Bengals. My second takeaway, uh, unless did you have one, Keaton? Do you have one you want to throw out? Yeah. I'll throw mine out after. Okay, my second takeaway, and again, this is only week two, but the AFC looks wide open, wide open, absolutely wide open. Uh, You could tell me anybody is going to be there at the end of the day. Right now, just uh, again, two weeks means nothing in this NFL. But off two weeks, if you told me any team right now, I guess I'd have to take the Ravens. They probably look the most encouraging after uh, the win against the Bengals yesterday or the Dolphins. Dolphins, Yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins, certainly. Yeah, probably the Dolphins actually ahead of the Ravens. They actually look top to bottom better. Um, But after that, like we said, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Jags, Uh, The rest of the AFC East, nobody looks entirely encouraging. The Bills looked subpar the first week. Then they play the Raiders. Uh, There's just questions all over, even in your contenders in the AFC. So it just looks wide open
0: to me. It is. um, One of my takeaways, I'm just going to quickly bounce off of that, was the um, Dolphins look like real, real Super Bowl contenders. Like before, It was obviously preseason. My thoughts were, all right, you got Baltimore. No order. You got Baltimore. You got Casey, You got Cincy. Those are my three, and then I would have put the Dolphins in that next tier with the Jets, Dolphins, Jags, and that kind of tier there, and then obviously the Bills floating around. I had them missing the playoffs, but obviously the Bills are still very talented. They look like it's the Dolphins up at the top, like – they can be around with whatever but like they just look at. The, there's nothing really. If two is playing this poised and confident, there's really nothing they can't do. And especially because we have to remember Jalen Ramsey will be back this season. That is a top five corner in the league that will be adding to their team defensively, especially in times where you're going to see chase. You might see him on Kelsey. You're going to see him. Whoever, whatever Ravens team you want to see him on. You're going to see him on Calvin Ridley. You're gonna see him on Stephon Diggs. Like you're gonna see him on Garrett Wilson, all these high end wide receivers, you're gonna see one of the best cover corners in the league. Uh Timmy, did you have anything?
2: Uh to add I want to, to get those ch- things? I want... no, I have like two other uh takeaways, but
0: uh you go on with your takeaways. Um you give me one you give one and then I got one afterwards, but you give one. Okay. Um
2: I have another one that's team-specific, but I'll I'll say my one that is not team-specific. I don't think that there's any rookie QBs so far that are the dude. I said, uh, my, my quote here is, every rookie QB is either on a team that's too bad to win, or they're just simply not that guy. Um, I haven't seen enough from any of them to really say that they're like the winners, right? Whereas like I know Patrick wasn't a rookie when he started playing, but when he started playing, we saw that he was like the guy. Um,
0: oh yeah, the second he started. playing. Yeah.
2: Um. So Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun exactly was Deshaun. a game changer. That team was bad. The bad defense with like only D Hop on the offense, and they went to the playoffs. So
0: um, even Joe Burrow, when you're talking about that mm-hmm. too, but yeah, plenty no, of QBs
2: no, come in, and in year one they're able to really turn it around. And I know it's it's week two, but. Um, I just haven't seen anything from any of these QBs, these rookies, at least, that uh, say that they're they're the next group of guys.
0: Um, yep, and kind of pigging backing off of that. Not a rookie, but guy in his first year. I think Jordan Love has played some pretty good football. He the thing with him is his completion percentage has been down, but he's also throwing to like. Not really many people because Christian Watson's been out these first two. He's throwing to Romeo Dobbs. He's throwing to Luke Musgrave. He's throwing to Aaron Jones without week two. So he didn't even have Aaron Jones out of the backfield. Uh, I can't think of Reed's first name, but he's got thrown. Like, it's just he's throwing to these guys who are lackluster, and he's got six touchdowns to zero picks. Like, his completion percentage is only 56%, which is not good. But – I'll take six touchdowns to zero picks, especially with what he's been given so far. So Jordan Love actually has looked like somebody who can be a future. I mean, obviously we don't know where projection was, but definitely looks like a guy who could be a future quarterback for years to come on the same team. Maybe not a franchise guy at this point. We've only seen 120 minutes of him play, but in this season – But definitely a guy who you can see moving forward, be like, okay, he can progress kind of like maybe like Kirk Cousins is kind of that Jared Goff. So, so far he could be better, but like how they're just guys who going into the year, like, yeah, that's a starter. He can play the game. He can play football as a quarterback. Oh, Kyle, did you have any, uh, any other takeaways? I thought you had one more before I was going to go. Oh, okay. Um, my other one was that I think Atlanta can make some noise. I don't think that they're going to be like Super Bowl contenders right now, but I think they're going to be a tough out for anybody because when you get down to December, I know Dallas is obviously not as a dome. I know Atlanta is a dome, but like when you, as you know, defense running the football making plays when needing to is kind of a lot of the formula for winning games in the NFL, especially late in the season and running the football. They might do at the end of the season better than anybody with Tyler Algier and Bijan and Desmond Ritter defense. They have been playing pretty good defense throughout the entire year so far. Obviously it's two games. And then Ritter that the quarterback, that's the question. I mean, he answered some, he, made plays down the stretch against the Packers, and that's definitely a good Packers team. Not a great one, but a good Packers team. So Atlanta might be able to make some noise and be interesting. We'll see who they play and how the matchups suit up, or and we'll see if Ritter can progress as a passer, because if he can at least be Baker Mayfield-ish style passer, then maybe they could do something. <sighs> I don't see it.
1: <laughs> I don't see it with him.
0: And that's saying a lot. I know. I know I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it sound like that. I'm just saying that's saying a lot. But if Ritter can progress, I think they could that be That's kind of your preseason
1: outlook on the Falcons anyway, though, right? they kind of be
0: in the mix. I didn't have them winning the division. Them ma- I'm missing the playoffs. I thought they could be interesting. But I, I went from them being like they could be a fringe playoff contender to like they could get to like a divisional round. Like I just like they – I just think their way of playing football right now is just a style that translates to wins and translates to uh, playoff success. Do I mean, obviously they have to execute it, but that, that style is ex- what, tr- what translates. To me,
1: they're like a more talented giants, like of last year, like very run heavy. Don't try to make the quarterback do too much. Use the quarterback's legs. But I think I like the Falcons defense and all around team better. Uh, Kyle Pitts will never be a person, evidently, according to them um, and according to him. But, uh, you know, I do. I do. I agree with you. I like their squad. I think they'll be in the mix. But I'm very interested to see what Ritter is down the stretch because they try not to make him do a lot at all. At all.
0: Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, not the same kind of runner, but it's like really first year Lamar where you were like, keep this game close throughout the entire thing. We run really well. We can play defense. If it gets out of hand, we'll see how it goes. Like first year Lamar, how it was like, if we just keep this thing close, we can play with about every team. But like, <laughs> it's keeping this thing close if we can do that. Uh, Kyle, what's your biggest takeaway before we get into something new and interesting?
1: Um, so my final takeaway it's nothing really groundbreaking, but we're basically going to have two yeah. NFC championship games this year. Uh, the way it's going to fall, you know, especially whether it's one or two Philly, San Fran, uh, San Francisco, I should say, uh, whether it's Philly and San Francisco or Philly in Dallas or whoever the one and two is. Someone's going to get the other in the divisional round, and that's essentially going to be back to back NFC championship games for whoever makes it out of that gauntlet. Um, I cannot wait for it.
0: That one seed very
1: important. Um, Philly obviously doesn't. They look number three behind San Francisco and Dallas right now. However, much how you yeah. feel about the Bengals, Keenan, I feel that way about the Eagles. That team just has too much talent at all levels for them to fade off. And they don't look good right now, but I think around midseason, they'll start hitting their stride. And they'll continue to accumulate wins. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a three-headed monster with those three at the top of the NFC.
0: Yep, and the difference between them and the Bengals, the Bengals are 0-2, they Correct. are 2-0. and 0. Correct. So they can be, they're being not themselves and still winning games. That is the difference between them, and that's why they can be scary because once they do find their stride, watch out. But, okay, so if no one has anything else, I do want to jump into this little new thing that we're doing. So we're calling it right now real or fake so what that basically what this is is i'm going to provide a headline based upon these first two weeks i'm going to be proud of a statement and kyle and timmy and myself afterwards are going to answer is this real or is this fake so basically the statement could be like steph curry the greatest shooter of all time i would say real timmy kyle would say real that's obvious it's real or it could say Dennis Rodman could average 20 in a game. That's fake. Kyle would say that's fake. Timmy could say that's fake. Whatever. But that's just easy things that are not arguable. So the first one that I'm going to bring up right now is Brock Purdy can enter the top 10 quarterback conversation by the end of the season. Or is it real or is that fake? Timmy or Kyle, whatever one wants to start. Like, Tim, yeah. I'll let you go first.
2: I'm going to say that that's fake. I think top 10... Yeah, I think top 10 is a little too high. Um, I don't. I, I, I think he, he's more of a product of the offense, so I, I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. the talented guy that can get into the top 10. Um, so I'm going to say okay. fake.
0: Okay. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts? I
1: think in theory, that's real. In theory, if this is a 14-3 and three win team, and you know he's put up stats in these wins, I mean, look, no one, the only thing you can really compare Purdy to is 0-1 Brady, him jumping in there and, you know, he didn't have great stats and he very much like a product of everyone around him. But after winning the Super Bowl, you'd almost have to put him in that ten, yep. top 10, top 15 discussion. So depending on how much success is prevalent on uh, Brock Purdy, you know, you very well could at the end of this year say, OK, you. Mm hmm. You know, there's no way we can really leave him out of the top 12 conversation or top 10 conversation. So there is, there's a roadmap to it. Uh, I gr- agree with Tim. I think he is more of a product of the offense for sure. But uh, look, if they're 14 and three and there's games where they're up 38, 15, and Purdy spread the ball around, he's going to have an argument to that. Absolutely.
0: So I. And I agree with Kyle. I think it's real. And why I think it's real is so far in his career, he's 15 touchdowns to four picks, 106 quarterback rating. That is a product of the system. But, again, C.J. Beathard could not be that product. Jimmy G uh, last year was, but even up to that point, Jimmy G hadn't always been that. So you still have to execute, and you still have to make the throws. You still have to make the reads, and you still have to do all that stuff. So right now – You've got Mahomes, you've got Burrow, you've got Allen, you've got Hurts, you've got Lamar, you've got Herbert, you've got Lawrence. That's 7. Then Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to take out of that because I don't know, I mean, I think he's going to play another game in the NFL. He's allegedly. But with his injury, obviously he's going to be out for a season and what Aaron He's Rod-
1: allegedly coming back in January, December January. What's up? Allegedly. I don't
0: I don't see it happening, but I mean,
1: they're not the Jets. The Jets are going to be playing in January, but supposedly he's going to be ready by Christmas time. I'll believe that shit when I see it.
0: Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it too. And we'll see. Okay. Anyways, regardless, I'm going to set him aside right now because he is injured. Obviously, he wants to come back. He wants to show them. Set seven. Eight would be Dak Prescott. Nine would be Tua right now. Um, I had Kyler Murray at 10. I mean, until he plays another game, we're just going to set him aside because um, he's playing Call of Duty right now. So that's 9. Then 10, you would have probably Matt Stafford. Maybe not in that order. Maybe you have whatever, but Matt Stafford. So do I think that Purdy can be in the Dak Prescott, Tua, and Matt Stafford conversation by the end of the year? I do. You have divisional round you have even go, them going to Dallas. Say they go to Dallas and they win again and Purdy up plays Dak. They get to the Super Bowl, they win a Super Bowl. That's very on the table. I do think Brock Purdy could enter that top ten conversation because of his team success and him making plays down the stretch. I mean they they were make they are making plays last year. He played really well in the playoffs and he was healthy. So that that one I do agree with. Timmy says fake. Me and Kyle I both say real. Um, Timmy, did you write any down at all? If Or Kyle, did you? Sorry, go on.
1: No, I did not. Uh, I was going to say, though, at some point, it's going to be, you know, Brock Purdy's going to need to make throws that make or break their season. So we'll find out. Uh, he's going to you know so long all of them yep. stay healthy. He's going to be absolutely in position to tell us whether he's at least a franchise guy or not, you know, or at least, you know, for the foreseeable future, the Niners quarterback, which they've mm-hmm. already made that bet, but. We'll find out very soon with Purdy down the stretch here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Uh, Timmy. Did you write any down, or did you? If you didn't, I have the other ones.
2: I did not. I was told I just need the answer. So,
0: (laughs) okay, no, I was just making sure. I just wanted to. So that's that. Um, all right, real or fake? Tyreek Hill is the best receiver of this generation. What's the generation? This generation would be probably going back to 20, the last sorry last 10 years we'll say, well, just to make it even more concrete. So, because that takes out Calvin Johnson, that really your guys would be Antonio Brown. Uh, it's the end of Larry Fitzgerald, so you don't even really have peak Larry Fitzgerald in that in that uh, frame. So it'd be him, it'd be Antonio Brown, it'd be DeAndre Hopkins, it'd be Julio Jones. Be Tyree Kill. Obviously Justin Jefferson hasn't done enough yet. And that would probably be that would be your crop of guys. Do you think Tyree Kill is the best receiver or I'll say a generation but last like 10, That's 11 years?
1: That's tough to say because Calvin Johnson has played within the last ten years. Uh if we're speaking specifically to like the last
0: Yeah, if I mean, we want but- to say
1: the last five years and going forward, like and really the conversation would be him and Justin Jefferson yeah I'm gonna take Tyreek over Justin Jefferson uh Kim we used to have this debate back in the day between Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson whereas like Calvin Johnson was the game breaker but I always felt that Fitzgerald was the better overall receiver just as far as route running his hands all that but obviously Calvin Johnson was the more gifted guy that's kind of the case with this Justin Jefferson Tyreek debate um Tyreek is absolutely the game breaker Justin Jefferson's the most complete receiver just you know whether it's hands whether it's route running whether anything it's probably Justin Jefferson but Tyreek Hill no one can do what he did in week one going for over 200 and just breaking the game open um he's got to me it's Tyreek Hill and Randy Moss as the best deep threats I've ever seen um so yeah Tyreek just has another dimension to him
0: bullet Bob Hayes or
1: Bullet Bob Hayes,
0: Steve
1: <laughs> Uh but <laughs> I would say
0: I'm, I would. I'm sorry, you didn't see <laughs> Bullet Bob Hayes in right? your day, Kyle. You're not old enough. I would
1: say uh, I would. I would give that nod to Tyreek, though. I would give it ever so slightly, like a point five nod to Tyreek. Yes, I would.
0: Okay, so we'll we'll take it we'll take it more like 2016 just to make it even easier. 2016 moving forward just to make it like kind of more concrete in the sense of you don't have like the tail end of Calvin Johnson, the tail end of Larry Fitzgerald, and guys like that. Eh? AJ Green, yeah. So more so like 2016 and on. So you got D Hop, you do have Antonio Brown, you've got Julio, and then obviously Julio, and then you're going into these crops of guys right now
2: my take on that it was tough when you said last 10 years um yeah i think definitely last five years a hundred percent just because we saw him succeed in kansas city really well and then honestly he's been a little bit better fantasy wise at least this with the with the dolphins now he's just been this yep. this game breaker and to what kyle said he's literally a game breaker if you don't guard him the game is over because he is going to go for 203 touchdowns on you. So there's not a lot of other wide receivers you can say that. Um, And even with Tua, you can double team him all you want. He's fast. He's going to take the top off you. So he's going to get beyond you. Um, So I would say definitely for the last five years.
0: Yeah, for the last five years, I think that the body of work has to be there. So I would say it's real over the last five years. I was trying to – of some of the guys, I was trying to compare him to, and I was like, is he – would I say he's better than, like, career, like overall? Would I say he's better than DeAndre Hopkins? I was thinking, I was like, I think probably, yeah. Even though Hop didn't have great quarterbacks, was still putting up stats. Antonio Brown, I was like, w- will we forget that five-year stretch that Antonio Brown had from 14 to 18 was, was nuts. He was – but then obviously speaking of nuts, that's what he went. He just went crazy and became a because like he was easily on his way to being Hall of Fame ready. Like it was just on still that. Is. like he had a Jerry Rice. Maybe she'll still be a Hall of Famer. Four time all pro over that stretch. I don't know about that. He was, he was absolutely at the top. I think he'll probably make the is Hall of Fame.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If, He had enough years there of. Oh, I mean, he was.
0: Like, yeah, no, I'm just saying, you can.
2: It's not like it was. I think he has enough all pros, Pro Bowls to get him there.
1: He had a half decade at least where he was at the top of his game. It has nothing to. I think it's a bit different when you talk about someone like Odell, who had like a two or three year peak.
0: Oh, no, it's, Like I think that he should be. I just don't know what the NFL puts him there because I know what they held against T.O. and how they had him wait a few years, and T.O. obviously had better stats than but Antonio dead. Brown. Like, Antonio Brown has career. He, uh, he is. He has a career, 928 catches, 12,291 yards, 83 oh, yeah. touchdowns. Four-time All-Pro. He is a six time, seven time pro bowler. He's got a so has like, got a
1: Super Bowl, I think. One.
0: He does have a super so he does I have one w- Yeah, he's getting in. He technically I think has two. No, he has one. He's, been, he's been to two has one. Bend to two has I one because he, ha- he went yeah, to one his, his rookie year. Just the four all pros could probably get you. <sighs> I think Absolutely. he's
2: in. So, yeah. It's tough with the media recently. With the whole Bucks thing Thanks. and all that. But I think if you look at him as a player and not a person, he's a hundred percent.
0: No, see, that that's the thing, though. His outside of the field kind of thing is kind of where like it becomes like hazy. Because if there was none of that, then 100%. Like, absolutely. And There's a lot. Having a great nine years got Calvin Ridley, I'm not Calvin Ridley, got Calvin Johnson in for sure. So. Like he had, I mean, his he was crazy. So it'll be interesting to see, like, if and when he retires, when if he'll get into, and like, what ballot he will be, because obviously they made people like Marvin Harrison wait a little, Reggie Wayne, like it's Chris Carter waited forever. I thought, and so that that wide receivers are really I tough, one, which is in. why I, I Harrison, think
1: Harrison might have
0: been. Sorry, Harrison, I might have been, but I know Wayne. Yeah, Harrison might have been. Sorry. But I know Reggie Wayne had to wait, and then uh, Chris Carter would wait like six times. Like he got like he was a six. But we'll see. He might have. He we'll might see have how to wait. it goes. Um,
1: and we'll, is I'll Reggie see... Wayne even eligible yet? I feel like he he's been out what? He's been out the game five years now. He might even be eligible this year, his first year. He might be. I don't even know. But
0: I felt like he was. I feel like he was already there. Yeah, he was not elected for the 2023 class. Like, he's had, I would say, um, his first eligible uh, year was 2020. Okay, wow. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I was thinking he would have been eligible. And then, younger, so it's right? been 2020, 21, uh, 21, 22, 21. So I think he's been, like, waiting three can, years already. And I could see so, that with
1: Reggie Wayne. I mean, Reggie Wayne is definitely a Hall of Famer, but it's not like he's in that Moss, T.O., Marvin Harrison tier. for Take the three best out of that generation. And then uh, specifically to T.O., no. I mean, I can speak to it because, you know, I witnessed T.O. on the Eagles, the end of his Niners run and the Cowboys. Like, there is no locker room cancer in any sport quite like T.O. So I'm not saying that's I mean, he should have been first ballot anyway. But in his case, he is so different compared to literally any other player in mm-hmm. across NFL history. Um I've never seen anybody work their way out or find their way out of teams just because just by being TO, you know, I mean, TO just, I mean, I think skip gave him the nickname team obliterator. There's nothing more fitting than that for TO and Antonio Brown would be like second, but even Antonio Brown didn't even come close to how insane TO's run was in the mid 2000s there with uh, just being like, Nope, I'm done with this team On to the next and then so forth, you know?
0: So Tyreek Hill being a, we ended up switching into like the last 5 6 years, we all think it's real that he is the best receiver over that time period. And the last one is that I have cuz I hope have him with 3. Is Sean Payton is an overrated coach, real or fake? Timmy, you go first. I'm
2: going to say fake. He was he was too good in New Orleans. Um I mean, in New Orleans his his kind of thing was like They had a pretty bad defense pretty much every year, but they would still get right into like the playoff hunt at the end of the year. Um, And Drew Brees was always like a fucking stud. So 5,000 yards, like how many times I think he's, I would say he's a good coach. And I think it's way too early in the season to be like, no, he's not it anymore, but um, could be maybe at the end of the season, you could probably sway me, but I'm going to say that's fake.
0: Kyle, you,
1: uh, yeah, I gotta agree with Tim. Uh, Sean Payton, I mean, it was only one year that he was gone, but you can definitely at least reset and say, okay, maybe he's not a top 10 coach anymore. Again, time will tell. It's only fucking week two. But, you know, you can at least give him the reset and say, hey, McDaniel uh, and some of these guys who are newer coaches, they're ahead of him right now, especially when it comes to his forte of offense. Um, but, you know, no, you, you can't say that yet. Um, I didn't realize really until yesterday how many people really root against and hate Sean Payton. I could see former NFC South fans being that way, but I didn't realize how many NFL fans in general <laughs> dislike this guy and think he's overrated. Um, but no, I don't think Sean Payton's overrated at all. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, he had a great run in New Orleans. Uh, like Tim said, a lot of those years with a, you know, just a base defense, really. And they were still at the top of the division, at the top of the NFC. Uh, their playoff success kind of varied, but really, I mean, if you look outside of Belichick, all your Hall of Fame coaches are going to have weird postseason resumes. Uh, really, any Hall of Fame quarterback too. So, you no, know, Sean Payton, especially for the 2010s, was a top five NFL head coach. Uh, will he be in the 2020s? We'll see. We'll see. Um, it's definitely, like like I said earlier, he's got a weird plate in front of him with this rust thing. And with this Broncos franchise in general,
0: so I don't think he's, I don't think he's overrated in the sense of like he's a very good coach or anything like that. It just all depends on where you're trying to rank him, like in an all-time stance to where you could get into that realm of possibility. Like I think, like he. Career nine and eight, um, in the playoffs like sixty three percent win percentage in the regular season. He obviously had one, been to one, won a Super Bowl. So that's up. That's going to be etched in stone forever on his resume. But so I don't think he is overrated. I brought that up because I know a lot of people feel as such. Like you, as Kyle alluded to, like a lot of people really question that. I you know the rate, like the um. The Saints had their three-year stretch of being seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. Their defense was bad, but their offense was still that was still that good. And if your offense is that good, you should be able to win games. Kind of like people get into like those kind of things and how much playoff success has he really had? Um, when you go on, like obviously some big losses. Obviously some of them, the Nicole Roby Coleman there. You have the Minnesota Miracle. That's that's another tough one. They lost to Kirk Cousins in overtime, I think as well. So. Um so it's definitely been like an up and down playoff run for him but I don't think he's an overrated coach per se it just all depends on where you try to start like ranking him Yeah like obviously there's Bill and Andy of like our uh, like our football lifetime that are the two best and then after that he's probably in the he's in that Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, him like I wouldn't say like Bill Parcells and people like that are my time, so I can put them in that conversation. There, there's probably a couple others that I'm forgetting. Tony Dungy was pretty good. Um, Tom Coughlin is another one that was good there. John Harbaugh. Um, so definitely, he's in like that kind of conversation with those other ones as well. All of them, one or two times Super Bowl champions, been pretty good in the regular season. Had some playoff wins yeah. and losses. So. You put him there in that class, then I think you're not overrated. Yeah, Payton's at all.
1: upper echelon. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Again, it's really hard to evaluate and rank coaches like that um, because postseason success is so all yeah. over the place. Again, for most coaches who are not named Belichick, I mean, you mentioned yeah. Andy Reid, who has always been known as his offensive guru, and he was their generation before Sean Payton. He was coaching at the end of the 90s and the early 2000s was his big run with the Eagles. And Sean Payton comes in and wins a yep. ring before him. So Sean Payton supplants him as the number one offensive guy in the league. And then, you know, here way late in his career. Andy Reid has yep. this revival with Mahomes. So, you know, in Sean Payton's case, you know, if he coaches another five years here and, you know, only makes the playoffs twice or something like that, and they're down and out, you can say, okay, maybe the game passed him by, but he will forever be a legend, you know, and he was in this position with the Broncos and in a bidding process with whoever else because he's Sean Payne. So, I mean, regardless, he's always going to have that legendary rep. And again, I mean, there was this for a lot of the 2010s and, you know, the end of the 2000s, the Saints were right there all the time. You know, it was them duking it out with the Packers, the Cowboys when they were there, the Niners. So, I mean, they were always right there. But you also got to look at it. There was a lot of good teams in that NFC during that time, too. You mentioned Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, the Niners with uh, Jim Harbaugh there for a little bit. There was a lot of good teams that they had to duke it out with. Um, So, yeah, they often had to go through a murderer's row at times. And, you know, he even had Breeze there in the NFC Championship game when Breeze had no arm left. So, I mean, he's got some credence to his name for sure.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, And for the real or fake, so we all think it's fake that Sean Payton is an overrated coach. Um, I don't have any more. Uh, Do you guys, Timmy, do you have any uh, other words? I know there's football on right now. 3-3, Panthers, and Saints. 6-3. 6-3 now? Saints just kicked one. Just kicked one. So 6-3, the game looks boring. Which um, is good. the other game looks... Good. Which is exactly what Timmy needs fantasy-wise. The other game, though, that's coming on is going to be looking just very interesting, mm-hmm. I think, between the Browns and the Steelers. That's about to kick off here in the next five minutes. Uh, did you guys have any lasting uh, points you wanted to bring I up? I do
1: have one, just to bring it up, uh, that relates to Sean Payton. and I think it's a good real or fake. Okay. Real or fake, uh, Russ yep. is cooked. It's over for Russell Wilson. Can you define cooked? Uh, no longer, no longer a start. Yeah, actually, can no you use it in a, a sentence. Starting quarterback,
0: fake, interesting.
2: Starting quarterback. We've seen far worse play. Is he a, Zach Wilson's well, I mean, starting? Right exactly, now. but and he's not a starting
1: quarterback. Plenty of he's he's thrust in that position because someone someone got injured.
2: Is Desmond Ritter a starting quarterback?
1: I mean, in my opinion, no. But
2: I think. He's pretty in line with Desmond Ritter. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say he's not a starter, but I'm not going to say he's even like top 16. I could even put him out of my top 20, and that would not hurt my So you're saying he's all. below average. So. Yes, 100%. So if he's below. But like average, so we've seen plenty of below average quarterbacks start for multiple years. <clears throat> um,
1: for your definition of a starter, so though, what is he? Do you think he's a... Fr- Sounds like you have him as a friend. They are starter. starting on a football team in the NFL.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, no, so he's, Russell, he's literally
1: the most... Is, he's the most bare minimum starter will. for you, basically. He... Yeah, no. <laughs> like like, the most bare he minimum might
2: be player. only locked into the starting role because the Broncos have to pay this man $200 million and they have to either eat the money and put him on the bench or... Start him and sell some jerseys, maybe.
1: Tim, let me ask you. He's a starter. Let me ask you. You got a franchise. You have your picks. You you can either just go all the way in and tank and take someone like Zach Wilson. Um, but your best option is Russell Wilson. You're taking Russell Wilson you're taking, uh, we're going to rebuild. I'm good. Like, where are you on that?
2: At this point in his career, I'm probably taking
1: the rebuild. So it sounds like you don't think he's a starter then. Yeah.
2: Well, there's plenty of QBs that are starters that could also be rebuilt around. Like, the whole Kyler thing. Like, is Kyler a starting quarterback? Of course he yeah. is. Could the Cardinals tank and reset? I could totally see that happen. Sure, sure, sure. That doesn't mean Kyler's not not a starter. But, Same but that's thing more with situation.
0: Like, that's...
2: Kyle, do you think Mac Jones is a starting quarterback?
1: I, I think he's at least a starter. If they level.
2: lose... If they lose 12 games this season and they're in contention for that first round, first overall pick, obviously it won't be at five wins getting the first overall. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should take Caleb Williams?
1: If they were at the bottom of the barrel? Absolutely. Ab- yeah, and they, they could get- Absolutely. But for them to get to that point, Mac would have to not play like a starting quarterback. That's my thing. It, that's fair. That's my thing. But yeah, I get, I get your semantics here, no, but I'm hey, saying to you, oh, is Russ good enough? star in this league or do you think he's just like we're, we're never seeing a good level of Russell Wilson again? It sounds like you're saying both yes I don't yes think we're going to no. see a
2: great level. Okay. Yeah I don't think we're going to see a great level of of Russ but I think we're going to see like the moderate a game manager potentially like
1: how Matt Ryan was even a starter in the NFL for the last like three years of his. Deal. Let me ask you this because you brought up Mac Jones and I think Mac Jones is playing good enough right now. Do you think Russell Wilson's is better or worse than Mac Jones today?
2: I'd say they're really even. Um, Mm. I honestly might even lean more towards Mac just because he's younger. And if I'm building a franchise around him, at least I could get a little bit more years out of him. And maybe I could even influence him to be better. Whereas Russ is kind of towards the end of his career
1: here. Okay. Um, I ask because I'm indifferent. I don't know whether he is or isn't a starter yet. I think we see flashes of him looking like the old Russ, and then there's times where he looks like completely washed. Like, he looks like 2004 Drew Bledsoe. So, I just don't know with Russ. That's why why I'm throwing this question out. What do you think, Keenan?
0: So... He's 485 yards, five touchdowns to one pick, 68% completion percentage, and 108.5 rating this far, thus far this year. I think that he is closer to just a regular guy. So he – I think he's closer to Baker Mayfield than Dak Prescott. So you think he is a starter? Baker is a – I think he's a starter. I think Russell Wilson's a guy who is a starter, but his days of being a top ten quarterback are by. Like you can I see think that's those later. That. Like I, I think Brock Purdy has a better chance of being a top ten quarterback than Russell Wilson. That's the boat that I'm in right now. I think if you're, if your options are Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, a guy like that, Dick or Russ. Russ in my opinion, I'm taking Russ. I think that he is—he knows command of the offense. He knows football well enough. But if your options are even Jordan Love, because we're moving forward, I'm taking Jordan Love. He is an un—he's unproven, but he looks decent so far. That's something that we can build upon. If you're telling me we can tank or get Russ to be Teddy Bridgewater, no, I'm just—we're just gonna tank. So like that's, that's where I am with Russ. I don't think he's bad by any means. I really don't. I, just, I think he's been using his legs more um, over the first two games. I think that Sean Payton's put him in good situations. I just – sometimes it's not even just only the stats because stats can – stats don't lie, numbers don't lie, but they can be misleading because you can go through and watch a game – Like, LeBron can get you 27, 10, and 9, but LeBron play a bad game. He's just that talented to where he will naturally, because that 27 can be 10 of 30, that 10 rebounds they can follow him, and those 9 assists can be, like, you can play a not good LeBron game and put up 27, 10, and 9. Like, Russ has been playing pretty decent football for sure, but it's just there are certain plays that Russ used to make and you're like oh he's just not making those anymore. You went in I went into a Seattle Seahawks game in 2014 and I was like this guy Russ is scary. Like everything about him is scary. Now you go into a game with Russ and you're like okay, well Playing another, playing another guy, <laughs> playing, playing, like you go in a game even Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, you're like, okay, that guy can go win a game. I still, I don't right now know that Russell Wilson can go just win you a game because if he could just win you a game, he would have won the game last night, and he would have won the game week one because those are easily winnable games. So that's where I went out Just
2: with a piggyback off of what you were saying.
0: Oh.
1: No,
2: go ahead, go ahead. Um, with Russ, like you said, there's definitely things that you see him doing or that he used to be able to do that he definitely cannot do. My biggest thing mm-hmm. with Russ is these last two seasons in Denver, we've seen him do things that he never used to do. <laughs> just making bad throws, Terrible decisions. overthrowing, underthrowing, whatever <clears throat> it is. Exactly. His decision-making has been way subpar. So it's just uh, – I, I, I like him though, but it's obviously, I don't think he's good enough to win them anything special. So, but I do have one real or fake now that you got me thinking about QB. Here we go. There we go.
0: I love it. Okay.
2: So, I've always been a fan of Gardner Minshew. Back when he was on Jacksonville, I actually thought he was pretty solid. And it was just sad that. You know, they didn't win any games that year. They got Trevor Lawrence. And of course, they're going to, it's the same thing with the Cardinals. You're probably going to take Caleb Williams and then, you know, bench your starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real or fake, Gardner Minshew can win the Colts starting job this year. We got Anthony Richardson right now out with injury, concussion. Maybe he misses a week. Maybe he misses two. Maybe they play it safe, rookie QB. Do you think he can play good enough in this stretch? Because he played okay yesterday. Um, do you think he can win this job, real or
0: fake? I... I'll go first. Um, I think that's fake. The reason being is I just think you invested the pick you've invested in on Anthony Richardson. I think that he's going to come back and you want to see, because you week one, he didn't look terrible. He's looked great with his legs. The arm has been subpar. And so you want to get him into as many reps as you possibly can. If you were to, like say, get injured again and even it'd be a three-week injury because you'd want to preserve his health, I think he could end up starting. But I don't think right now Gardner Minshew can go in there and just win the starting job. Because even like like kind of Cooper Rush-ish, how we were talking last year, like, oh, man, Cooper – not that uh, Anthony Richardson's Dak, but – we were talking, oh, Cooper Rush even went 4-0, but still it was like, should he? Maybe? But end up Dak ended up getting the job because Dak is that guy that they want to move forward, and Anthony Richardson is that to the Colts, so I don't think he could, even though I could make it interesting.
2: My argument against that is yep. we he went fourth overall, right? So, of course, they invested yep. super high capital. Um, we just saw the 49ers trade a bunch of picks to invest in a quarterback, I think one spot higher than that, and they ditched him after one year of injury because they found uh the Mr. Irrelevant to replace him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the thing but also here's the thing about Brock Purdy was a shock and a development guy like I think you can develop him I feel like at this point Gardner Minshew is just what Gardner Minshew is like could he become like I mean could he have like a Geno resurgence where Geno became from a nobody to a somebody again after being a somebody I mean it's possible Nick Foles has done it like uh, there's been quarterbacks who have done that in the past I mean Baker's almost in that kind of right now he was obviously was somebody then he went down to being not great and then last year with the ramp proved himself enough to get a starting job and has the bucks at two and oh so could it be possible sure would i bet on it no do i think he can win i think it's fake but kyle you're Uh,
1: i have two answers that i think it's both real and fake uh i actually like you tim i've always thought Minshew was at least like a starter level quarterback like above average backup quarterback. Um, So Mm -hmm.
0: technically,
1: yes, I think he could play well enough to replace Anthony Richardson. I just don't think the Colts will ever give him that chance. Um, I actually think he's a better quarterback than Anthony Richardson right now, but it wouldn't even matter because the Colts are just going to insert Anthony Richardson and give him every chance to succeed. Um, He would have to be absolutely atrocious for them to remove him from the lineup. If it was an injury, um, so, yeah, I think it's real that he has the ability to replace Anthony Richardson. I think it's fake that he'll ever get that chance. Um, that does touch on a topic, though, that fascinates me. I don't understand how, why and how so many teams have such an inept backup quarterback. Uh, I don't understand why guys will go and get, like, the oldest guy you can get or a guy who clearly just has no ability or no handle over the offense that the starter does you only have a handful of teams that really have a capable backup quarterback like a Minshew, uh, like a Chase Daniel in his day. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like I would want as much quality as that position as possible. I wouldn't necessarily want a starter behind it, but I'd want someone who can at least like Cooper Rush has a handle on the offense, can control the ball, knows how to distribute. And you know, what I'm losing is the big play ability, but I'm not losing the ability. Uh, like in the case of Rodgers and the Jets, which Mm. is why I think it's such a joke that they're trotting him out there and telling fans, like, you know, we can expect the same thing because he can't even do base-level stuff, Zach Wilson. So, yeah, that's one of my pet peeves about the NFL. And apparently, I mean, what kind of jotted my thoughts about this was I saw somebody talking about it the other day. I can't remember who, but they said, like, it was pretty commonplace in the 90s that, like, most teams had a – capable backup quarterback which is interesting to me because that's not what i've grown up with at all where it's always been a handful of teams have a no. pretty good quarter backup quarterback but a lot of them have a shitty backup quarterback guys mm-hmm. who cannot play
0: it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense to me either did you mention it like the th- think. let's make it seem aaron Rodgers. let's not say it was a torn achilles let's say it was a calf strain but they wanted to make sure he was out for four to six weeks, just say five weeks, just to give it the jets could go and five and that could be a season. Mm -hmm. But if the jets go three and two, then that still puts them in the mix. Tyler Huntley with the Ravens good enough backup quarterback to where if like last year, if Lamar came back, they're going, they're in games. They're winning the games that they definitely can against lower competition. So it's, when you have a really good quarterback, or Dak able to come back because Cooper Rush has already just brought him along, it makes so much sense to have a decent, at least, backup quarterback because if you're not good enough, or, I mean, if your quarterback gets injured even if it's for five weeks, your season's not just thrown in the toilet. But, obviously, if... If your quarterback backup quarterback is terrible, and you go down and you lose four out of five or five weeks because your team's not the same without your quarterback, like with the um, Packers always in the past, it was and that was just how their team was built too. It was like literally Aaron Rodgers or bust. But (laughs) if they had a decent backup quarterback, maybe instead of being two and eight, they would have been four and five, five and four, and you can make that see that's still not a lost season. So I do agree with you, Kyle. There, where it's like, why wouldn't you get? At least someone. Believe it, the
1: Packers back decent. in the day they had Matt Flynn backing up Aaron Rodgers for a little bit till he got signed in Seattle. But I mean, the the Steelers notoriously would always at least have a have a good backup. Um, like why? Like I don't understand why a team wouldn't have Jameis or even like a Cam Newton. As your backup. You can't tell me these guys can't perform better than like these guys who like like a Zach Wilson who literally can't do anything. Obviously Kaep- Kaepernick. I mean, obviously he's blackballed, so that's a completely different situation. But yeah, but yeah, I mean Yeah, I it's different. But like but even like, Vince obviously Young. Him, Vince yeah. Young was a capable starter, and then like I don't even think he had an instant off the field, but once they were done with him, they were done with him. And then you'll have these guys. Keenan, you mentioned Mm -hmm. Nathan Peterman, who would completely just over and over get backup jobs. And I don't under that's always been the case in the NFL that I've grown up with, where maybe it seems like eight teams, eight to 12 teams, excuse me, at the most, have a capable backup quarterback who's, you know, capable of running your offense. So I've never understood it. Never.
0: Whatever your quarterback is, you want like the Walmart clearance version of that. Something. Like, it's still the same like, product, I mean, just not as quality. It's just, yeah. it's it's just not as good because like citrus do I mean, Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not Fruit Loops. It's Fruit Circles. Yeah. Like you want, but you, you don't want, want something. You don't want Fruity
2: Pebbles. You need the Loops.
0: Yeah, that's the same. <laughs> you fruity don't need rocks. the Fruit Rocks. You want, <laughs> the, <laughs> you want the Fruity Rocks. My no, Oreos you, and I want black. Absolutely. You want cookies. some. <laughs> Whatever black the hell. And they're white cookies. Go... <laughs> I don't even know what your name would be for Oreos. It's like the mix cookie. <laughs> cookies, <laughs> and, cookies and cream cookie. The, 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 the cow cookie or something the stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're just like, oh, it's black and white. Yeah, oh, good. All right. Oh, that was good stuff. Do you guys. Anything else? Are we good? I know the second
1: game's just started. Yeah, so I'm saving my thoughts for uh, Thursday. Tim, you're more than welcome to join us. If you want to join us for uh, yeah. week three picks, have a guest, guest for that one.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All Yes. So this was the Warner Brothers Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, at the Warner Brothers Steelers, Podcast. And...
1: Steelers. What, who's up
0: 7 0? Steelers. Pick. Oh, shout out to the Steelers. Hopefully it was no. Wait, what was Pick it? Six. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Dog. Mm-hmm. God, dog. I wanted it to be Najee. I want it to be Najee. I, I don't think they're all in the field yet. Hey, it, you know what? It's fine. I need it to be Najee. But, anyways, Warner Brothers podcast. We're going to go watch these football games.